threes. We wanted to try to, you know, we always try, try to take away threes. We want to make tough twos. Um, you know, uh, we try to impose our will on opponents, making it hard for them to run their offense. And, you know, I don't know if we did a great job. I thought we did a decent job. You know, when, when you have an offensive package the way they have and the skilled players that they've recruited, you know, you're not going to take away everything. You're just hoping that they miss a couple of shots. You make a couple of shots in the end, be able to make some free throws. And that's exactly how the game played out. Hello and welcome to the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie. Friars with a big win tonight, defeating Northwestern 77-72. That's the 1500th win in school history. So, big note there. Round of applause for the Friars on that one. And the Friars are sitting at 5-0, second Big Ten win in a week. This is a cause for celebration, Joe. Second Big Ten win away from home in a week, Matt. Little asterisks there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not a true road game, but it's still impressive to leave Providence and beat a Big Ten team in Northwestern, who, by the way, is going to be a very tough out in their conference. I, I tip my hat to them. That was a, a much more competitive game than I was expecting out of Northwestern. I, I think that team has improved over the years. I, I think they're very gritty. They're a great three-point shooting team, great at passing the ball. I thought they played a hell of a game. I think the, the Friars just played that much of a better game. Um, yeah. I'm very pleased right now. Yeah, Friars, I mean, the Friars did a lot of things right. 47% of their shots nailed 14 three-pointers, and in some ways, most importantly, 13 of 15 from the charity stripe, including Al Durham, who went 8 for 8. But you can't talk about this game without talking about Nate Watson and that slam dunk he had. That That's the best Friars moment I think I've seen in the past 12 months. Uh, 12 months at least i'd say the past five years that dunk was electric i I mean one that pass was high in the air and watson skied to grab it dunked on that guy's head and got the end one into commercial break i thought uh, i almost hit the ceiling of my basement when that basket went in i wow that's going to be on sports center top 10 it has to be it has to be and he missed the free throw but we won't talk about that he should be given bonus points just for slamming that one home they should give him an an extra field goal for that oh yeah because bottom threw up that pass and my first thought was oh man like it's a good pass but too high for watson and the next thing i know it's in the bottom of the net, and I'm up out of my seat, screaming, scaring the bejesus out of the dog. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, did uh, did was... Pip and Summer like that one? So I, I actually, I think Pip and Summer are now so accustomed to me screaming at the television during games, they didn't even <laughs> flinch. Like, not like I, I normally like Pip will like he'll like move or his head will jerk. Summy or Summer, I call her Summy. She doesn't really flinch for anything other than food. But Pip usually has that high that high alertness. Matt, you know, you met him. Nothing. Stone cold. He, he's probably just like, all right, I know what's going on. At this <laughs> they, they know what you're like when you watch Friars games at this point. That is for sure. Yep. Uh, some other notables. So Nate Watson led the team. He had 16 points, also five rebounds. He, he was really dominant and with an impact that goes beyond the score sheet. Your next highest scorer, Jared Bynum, 
15 points, five rebounds, four assists, hit three triples, and a 15 points is a new high for him in Providence. So we've been talking about whether there's going to be a change at the point guard position in some of our last episodes. I think Bynum put some of those those fears to rest tonight. I think Bynum might have even listened to our last podcast in which we were down <laughs> on him. Um, no, I, I thought, you know, we got a good game out of him. I still think there are times when he, he needs to slow it down a little bit. He does look very trigger happy sometimes, but uh, with 15 points, five boards and four assists, you can't really complain, especially in 24 minutes of playing time. I think he, he's been playing downhill, which helps. Um, and he's definitely, he's definitely confident from beyond the arc. I, I can't, I cannot deny that. Yeah, and he he also had a layup at one point, like a real nifty move under the rim to get a shot to go that I thought was nice. For a guy that's small in stature like him, he's gotten real good at adjusting and, and not getting his shots blocked. So props to him there. Can't, I mean, the three-point shooting from this Providence team tonight. I mean, I think we got to talk about this as a big-picture thing because this is also the impact of Nate Watson. Northwestern sat back in his own defense, two guys in the paint, both of them guarding Watson. And they basically said, we're, we're going to play down a man on the perimeter and dare you to beat us through the air. And man, oh, man, did the Friars do that. Goodhine, four for five from beyond the arc, 12 points, a new career high for him. So he said Bynum hit three, Horkler hit three, Manaya added one, Durham added one, and Reeves, who came off the bench in this one, and we'll circle back to that later, he hit two. 14 three-pointers for the Friars. That's the most since the opener against Sacred Heart back in 2019 when they hit 16. And it was all open because of the the influence of Watson. Uh, Yeah, everything there is spot on, Matt. There was one point where on the screen, Northwestern had four men guarding Watson, and he still got the foul off. I mean, that was incredible. You cannot stop that man. And I I just think as a side note, it's going to be – so interesting to see what happens during conference play, specifically with teams, hint, hint, Villanova, who have really suffered against oppo- opponents with traditional big men. But yeah, anyway, that's besides yeah. the point. I, I think the three-point shooting was excellent. Bryson Goodine was definitely a spark off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think Noah Horkler, glue guy, is the guy you want to talk about with three-point shooting. Hit two back-breaking threes again, second game in a row, three minutes left. Back-breaking three puts us up nine. Another one puts us up 12. I think that was game right there. Obviously, oh, yeah. we can talk about the hiccups that followed suit, but those two threes were critical down the stretch. Yeah, and that was something – like I I was sitting there with 10, eight minutes to go looking at the stat sheet saying, all right, we're going to be talking about Watson. We're going to be talking about Bynum. We're going to be talking about Goodine. But – Hey, Horkler had a little bit of a down game. He had his rebounds. He had his assists. Couldn't hit shots. And then he hit those two, hit some free throws, and really finished out the game in strong fashion. He had 11 points. The other guy had 11 points, and there were five Friars in double figures. Is Al Durham. Eight points from the free throw line. Didn't hit his shots, but he hit the ones that mattered to put the game away. And that's with seven assists. I think the Friars are really getting what they want out of this backcourt in a way we didn't see last year. You know what I liked about Durham, and this may just be unique to me, 
But what it, he was having an off night offensively, one from seven from the field, not great, one from five from three, great night at the stripe. But what really stuck out to me is in 39 minutes of playing time, like I felt so comfortable with him on the floor when mm-hmm. Bynum wasn't on, when Watson wasn't on. He's just a steady constant you like to have on the floor, even on – a night like tonight where he's a little more quiet statistically. I just think the head on him and the way he's played the past five games, you know, he's going to come up clutch in situations, whether it's driving to the cup for a quick bucket late in the shot clock, hitting a deep shot clock three, or in this case, sinking all eight of your free throw attempts. Like I just think he was so clutch and he's so cool, calm and collected. I think that's exactly what this team needs in the backcourt. Yeah. I can't disagree with anything you said right there. And that's, I mean, he, he's kind of a mature presence in the backcourt that the Friars didn't have last season, not to dunk on David Duke and what he brought. Durham, I think, is a little bit more sure-handed, and I like that steady with the ball. I mean, Durham and Horkler, I think steady is the best word to describe both of those guys. And Agreed. I think you look at the, the biggest difference so far between last season and this season, last season they had Watson, who was that dominant force down low and you had Duke who was an elite scorer outside of those two guys. Nobody else was hitting shots. So the open looks that those two generated didn't really matter this year. You got Durham and Bynum who are both have both been very good at finding open men. And you've had a whole host of characters that have kind of rotated in and out that are going to hit the shots. And that's, I mean, that's something we haven't seen against the high level of competition in a while from a Providence team. And if if the Friars are going to be good, that's how you got to do it. You got to have Watson open things up for you and then take advantage of the space. I agree, Matt. I think Watson undoubtedly had an extremely dominant season last year. I don't think that's up for debate, but I think what is up for debate is the contributions made around him besides David Duke. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Be Outside of Watson and Duke last year, you had no one. So Providence was an easy scout. This year, I mean, look at tonight. Bryson Goodine off the bench in 11 minutes, 12 points, 4, 5 from 3. No one could have scouted that, not based on what we, we'd we seen last season or even this season. So I, I think guys have improved that have stayed on the roster. The new roster additions provide, you know, a, a little spice that we haven't seen. I think Justin Manaya is a steady constant on defense too. six rebounds. Didn't get a ton of run tonight in only 21 minutes. Did get the start. But another guy that it's like you really can't scout like you just can't scout this team. Yeah. And let's let's talk about Manaya. He's put into the starting lineup over A.J. Reeves for the first time here as a friar. What would you read into that decision from Ed Cooley? I think um, and quite honestly, this is, again, a small sample size. It's four games going into tonight. So this is just looking at the first four games. Manaya's hustling more defensively. He's providing more for you on the glass. And quite honestly, Reeves is a toss up when it comes to scoring. So I think Ed Cooley is going with the safe bet of, all right, I'll start Manaya. He might not be the most consistent scorer, but what I'm going to get out of him is a hustle rebounder and a great defender. Reeves doesn't provide you that defensively. So I, I think if you're looking for a Providence team that is looking to keep improving its defense and stifle teams, I think you look at Manaya at the three, a bigger lineup that that's essentially going to control most of the backboard with, but, between Watson, Horkler, and Manaya. I agree. And I mean, I think it's impressive to see this Friars defense, for the most part, shut down 
a very, very talented front court on the other side with Northwestern for most of the game. I mean, granted, Nance had 20 points, but he's, he really is just that good. He had some really nice shots. He made a lot of plays. I don't think a lot of that is the fault of the Friars. They held Ryan Young under 10 points, held him to just nine. Um, I, I was very happy with what I saw for the prop from the Providence defense with the exception of the last four minutes. And I think a lot of that was Northwestern finally having things break their way and Providence doing enough to hold them off anyway. Yeah, the, the last four minutes were definitely it, ugly defensive minutes coming from the Friars. But I, I'm not. This is going to sound ridiculous knowing me and knowing my harsh reactions. I'm not too upset about it. I think it's a great learning moment and a great preparation moment. Moment. Those last four minutes, you can't recreate in the gym. You can't recreate with a scout defense. You can only recreate that in real time against an opponent that isn't someone that you play with. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think this – these last four minutes are going to transpose greatly in conference play. When you're playing the Villanovas, when you're playing the Seton Halls, the Xaviers, the Butlers that are going to do this to you late in the game. What I don't like about tonight's defensive performance is you coughed up an 18-point lead. I don't like that. You did lead essentially from wire to wire, but things got hairy at points in the second half. Hairier than they should have been. Northwestern, they scored 45 second-half points. That's not a great number. <laughs> the Friars no. did hold them to 27 in the first half. And that's, I think that's the, to some extent, at least the nature of defense in college basketball. It's a lot easier to, to play 20 minutes of good defense than to play 40 minutes. And I think the Friars got about 35 minutes of good defense tonight. 30 to 35. I, I'd say there's, there's room for flexibility there, but I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, we're splitting hairs at that point, but this is a huge win for Providence. Now, they advanced to the Legends Classic Championship game, and they're going to be playing Virginia tomorrow night, or depending on when you're listening. Yeah, this is, we're recording this after midnight now, so tonight at 7.30, right back at the Prudential Center. Quick turnaround, less than 24 hours for this team. Now, Joe, you want to hear something real interesting about this one? Yes, sir. Ken Palm, now after this game, has Providence ahead of Virginia. Has Providence as favored in this game. Providence is 61, Virginia is 62. Who would have thought coming into this season that game six, not only would Providence be playing Virginia for the championship of this tournament, but they would be statistically the better team coming into it. This is a Virginia team that is three and two to Providence is five and oh and has underperformed this year. Yeah, this is definitely an underwhelming Virginia squad. I'm not going to say that this is going to be a cupcake of a game because I, I don't think it will be. Um, and even the commentators tonight were, were saying Providence is definitely more physical than Virginia, but Virginia is a disciplined team. They're a well-coached team. They're a national championship caliber team. Record is record, but I think it's going to be a, a very tough game tomorrow night. Yeah, and it's going to be uh, rather. Sorry. Yeah, and I I expect it to be a slow, low-scoring affair. That's what the Friars like to do on defense. That's what Virginia likes to do. They're year in, year out, one of the slowest teams in all of basketball, and that is no different this year. And they did lose the Navy at home in their opener. They did get killed by Houston on the road uh, a week ago. But 
I mean, this is not a bad team by any stretch. This is still a good team. The Friars have to show up and play a good game. I mean, you're looking. You, the Friars have a decent chance at six and zero right now to start the year, and then I, I don't. Want, I'm not going to look ahead too far. I don't want to jinx anything, but it's hard not to be excited about where this Providence team is. And I think you really got to look at what Ed Cooley did with the transfer market this year and how he kind of picked his guys. Yeah, I, I mean, if we're going to play the, the broad strokes looking at, at things game, I say let's look back at that DePaul press conference in March of 2021 after they, they beat the doors off us in the Big East tournament first round. Uh, Ed Cooley said that there were going to be serious changes made in the offseason. Mm-hmm. The next three weeks, guys are transferring out of the program transfers from other schools are coming in like you got to read the writing on the wall if you don't fit get out and i don't think it was that bluntly said but ed cooley needed guys that fit the system and by damn he did it yeah so far at least that's the early returns on this are very good you're swapping down the likes of jimmy nichols and chris monroe for a guy like Manaya, who is much better at the defensive end of the floor a uh, much better rebounder than either of those. And you swap out David Duke for Al Durham, who statistically you're losing a lot there. But I think the way the games have played out as a system fit, I think he's a, a better fit for what Providence does. I think Ed Cooley picked him. And I think there's similarities to the Lawan Pipkins acquisition. You get a veteran guard who hits free throws and is a streaky scorer. <laughs> it's the same same profile, just a bigger guy who can play defense now. Uh, and let's not forget, you're, you're swapping out fourth-year Nate Watson for fifth-year Nate Watson. Don't forget that. Yeah. And like you got your development from other guys, too. Bynum, an extra year. He was banged up Horkler. last year. He's been healthy. Horkler, an extra year. And Breed, Goodine. Goodine was a, a highly recruited guy. We saw that tonight. For the Really, we, we saw splashes of it last year. This is the first time we've really seen him put it all together, and that was in limited playing time. If he keeps playing like that, that's that's the cherry on top of the Sunday for what the Friars need. What I, I think I like most about this team so far is if someone comes off the bench, I don't have that, oh, damn it moment. You know what I mean? Like there were definitely guys in the past and – I won't say names, but anyone who knows me knows who these two individual players are. When they would come off the, off the bench, I would I would go into orbit. I would my language became colorful. Like I just saw no reason for them to be on the floor. I don't have that that gut impulse with anyone on this roster. No, and that's a testament to player development too. Look at and Ed Croswell is the guy that stands out to me in that regard. This is a guy who kind of fit that description last year. Providence fans hated it when he was on the floor. Now he is at worst neutral and usually an asset for them. He does some things well. He's pretty good on defense. He's not perfect, but he's he's the worst player that regularly sees playing time. And he looks miles better than he was at this point last year. So hats off to the player development staff, because that is something that we have criticized at Providence. It's things seem to be going the opposite direction with the young guys this year. I like Croswell. 
I think he's good off the bench. And I, I, what I like in him is there's a fire. Like he knows, he probably knows damn well that he's not going to get the minutes over Nate, but any minute that he gets on the floor, he puts everything into it. He's never, he's never taken plays off. He's always hustling, uh, Mm -hmm. banging around underneath. And what I like most is like, if someone on the other team is getting chippy or getting scrappy and, and, you know, some things are vocalized. Like he's not afraid to chirp right back. I, I saw that against Wisconsin. I saw it again tonight. Like he's a vocal guy. He's an energy guy. And when Nate Watson leaves at the end of the year, I think Ed Croswell is going to be a fine replacement at the five. Yeah. And I know if we're looking long-term, I know they see Rafael Castro as a guy red shirting this year, who's going to be able to help out. They have legend Jeter waiting in the wings and they have three young guys that just signed their national letters of intent this past week to come to Providence next year, including some big guys in that one. So the Friars stocking up for the future, but we will stay in the present. This game will be 7:30 at the Prudential Center. Providence playing Virginia for the first time since 2016, I believe, when they played them yep. um, in a tournament over Thanksgiving. So very similar circumstance. Friars lost that one. Hopefully, it'll be a different result here. And for Ed Cooley, a little bit of personal stuff on the line. With a win, he will get his 200th win for Providence. That would be a huge milestone for him to get that in a tournament championship the day after the school hits 1,500. A lot on the line for Providence tomorrow. How do you like their odds? I think it'll be a close game. I think if Providence, you know, cleans a few things up defensively and brings the same offensive fire that they did tonight, that things can go well for them. I don't think that they should undervalue this Virginia team based on record alone, because as everyone knows, non-conference record means nothing. Five and zero means nothing. Three and two means nothing. What was our record two seasons ago? Six and five with three losses to poopy teams means nothing. All of this means nothing (laughs) until the end of the day. So Hmm. I, Look forward to the the matchup tomorrow, and I hope Nate Watson has another alley-oop and destroys someone's career. Providence kind of playing with house money, it feels like, in this game. Because I don't know if anybody expected them to be where they are at this point. You definitely like to see the, the team stay hot. Five wins in a row now for Providence to open this season. A 5-0 and start for the first time since 2015-16. They started that year 6-0. and Have the opportunity to match it against Virginia. Again, that tip-off is 7:30. Make sure you come right back here where you're listening to this to get your post-game reactions after that one. Hopefully, it'll be a Friars victory. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this so you'll know when our newest episodes come out. And make sure you're following us on Twitter so you can hear from us personally, talk to us, and have a good time. For Joe Howie, I am Matt St. Jean. This has been the Flex Hoops. Thank you for listening. Go Friars. <laughs>